0: Godliness is not tied merely to your belief in God. Godliness is tied to the mysterious one or the uniqueness of Jesus
1: Christ. Dr. Tony Evans says the secret of becoming godly is found in what Christ offers. He is the master key that opens up the lock to
0: godliness.
1: This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. There are some great foods out there that simply can't be made when the recipe omits a key ingredient. Likewise, godliness will never be realized in our lives if we leave out the essential component. Today, Dr. Evans explores just what that special ingredient is as he unveils the mystery of godliness. Let's join him.
0: Our central passage is 1 Timothy chapter 6, which speaks of godliness over and over again in that chapter. And in verse 3 of 1 Timothy 6, if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words those of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine conforming to godliness. So Paul says there is a doctrine of godliness. The word doctrine means a teaching, an instruction related to godliness. This phrase is not mine. It is the Apostle Paul, if you'll flip back one page to chapter three, beginning with verse 14 of 1 Timothy. I am writing these things to you hoping to come to you before long. But in case I am delayed, I write so that you will know how one ought to conduct himself in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and support of the truth. By common confession, great is the mystery of godliness. Paul tells Timothy, the pastor of Ephesus Bible Fellowship, that I want you to teach the congregation how men ought to conduct themselves, how men ought to live their lives, who are part of the household of God, part of the family of God. And I want you to do that, but I want you to explain to them the mystery of godliness. He says this mystery is by common confession, meaning everybody ought to agree with it. Whatever this mystery is, it's a beast. Because he says great is the mystery. So we're not getting ready to discuss some minor, inconsequential matter. He says this is a monster. It's great, but it's a mystery. Now in the Bible, a mystery refers to something concealed in the Old Testament that's revealed in the New Testament. He says there is a mystery about godliness that was unclear in the Old Testament that now has been made clear in the New Testament. Let me explain something. In the Old Testament, you don't have the whole story. The Old Testament is critical. The Old Testament is foundational. But the Old Testament is incomplete. There are a lot of things not understood. To have the Old Testament without the New Testament means you don't have the rest of the story. It's like reading part of a book. You get some good information, but you don't know how this story ends. And you don't know where this plot is going because you haven't heard the whole story. The Bible was not written as one book at one time by one person to cover all things. The Bible was written by 40 different authors over 1,500 years to tell the whole story. The reason why God didn't write the Bible at one time, in one place, by one person to cover all things is because of what we call the progress of Revelation. That is, that he progressively gave people information he wanted them to have for the period in which they were living that would be sufficient for them then but wouldn't tell them everything he would give them hints he would give them little uh, aspects but not the whole story because they weren't ready for the whole story yet in light of what god was going to do in history so whatever this mystery is whatever this mysterious thing is that was in the shadows in the old testament that has become revealed in the new testament is great, it is spectacular, and it has to do with godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. Now, in order to understand this mystery, you have to understand that a shift occurred when God moved from the Old Testament to the New Testament. A shift occurred. If you do not understand the shift, you won't understand the mystery. Hebrews chapter 8, we're coming right back here to 1 Timothy, but Hebrews chapter 8 is one place that summarizes this. In verse 6 of Hebrews 8, it says, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. But as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises, verse 10, For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law into their minds. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. They shall not teach everyone his fellow citizens and everyone his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all will know me from the least of to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their iniquities. I will remember their sins no more. When he said a new covenant, new testament, he has made the first obsolete, old testament, but whatever is becoming obsolete is growing old, is ready to disappear. So God says, I'm making a new arrangement, covenant, testament that will make obsolete the old testament covenant and the new testament covenant is better than the old testament covenant which means if you're living in the old testament you're missing the new testament if you're living in the old testament you're living under something that has been made obsolete now i'll explain what that means in a moment because of something better that has come along The mystery between the two covenants, Old Testament and New Testament, is a mystery related to how you become godly. It's the mystery of godliness. It's the mysterious understanding of how we consistently are to reflect the character of God in our lives. In the Old Covenant, Testament. You were told what you must do and you were told it negatively. Let's take the Ten Commandments, which is a summary of the Old Covenant. Thou shalt not, 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 thou shalt not. not. You get told over and over what you shouldn't do. So you were told in a negative way what you ought not do in the Old Covenant. But in Hebrews 8, the scripture we just read, we went from you must and you shouldn't to I will. He says, in the new covenant, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. In the old covenant, you better not, you better not, you better not, you better not, you better not. He says that the new covenant, which is a mystery because it wasn't revealed fully in the Old Testament, Is better. Many years ago, before the advancement of technology, your grandparents or great grandparents cleaned their clothes with a scrubbing board. They got the scrubbing board out, they got the pail of water, and they would scrub and scrub and scrub to make dirty clothes clean and every week or how often they did it they would have to roll up their sleeves because they were trying to make something dirty clean for their children themselves or their mate to wear and the way they did it was by scrubbing the mess out then along came washing machines (laughs) praise the Lord say hallelujah for a washing machine The goal of the washing machine was the very same goal of the scrubbing board. The goals weren't different. The scrubbing board was trying to get clothes clean, and the washing machine is there to get clothes clean. But the power to pull off is different. The scrubbing board that grandmother used to use depended on elbow grease. And her ability to go up and down, up and down, wring it out, twist it, then get another piece, go up and down, up and down. The power to get it clean depended on her. But in the new covenant called the washing machine versus the old covenant called the scrubbing board, while the purpose was the same, the power was different. Because the power to get it clean Was residing in the machine. Not in the elbow grease of grandma. The old covenant is elbow grease. It's. I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to try to do better. I promise. I rededicate. Then I rededicate my rededication that I rededicated the last time I rededicated. And so I'm scrubbing and I'm scrubbing and I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm getting tired because every week I got to clean this thing up again. That's the old covenant. The new covenant is the washing machine. Which means that the power in the new covenant, the washing machine is greater than the power in the old covenant, my elbows. Because the washing machine, new covenant, was built in such a way that it has more power to clean things than my effort can ever do on my own. Because it has a motive to it.
1: Dr. Evans will continue to unpack the mystery of godliness when he returns in just a moment. But first, I want to encourage you to visit our website later today to check out Tony's large study package offer for January. It starts with all eight lessons from the Jesus Challenge, focusing on how to develop stronger faith, healthier priorities, and more. You'll get instant access to the digital downloads, followed up with eight full-length CDs. Dr. Evans' Living as an Overcomer book is in-depth workbook for your personal study time, plus a special Bible study DVD packed with exclusive teaching segments. And if you contact us right away, we'll add an extra bonus, the four-part message collection you've been hearing from today called In Pursuit of Godliness, available via downloadable MP3s. So visit us at tonyevans.org or call our resource center at 1-800-800-3222. Team members are standing by around the clock to help with your request. That's 1-800-800-3222. Well, Dr. Evans is back now with more of today's lesson.
0: If cleanliness is used for godliness under the new covenant, which is better than the old covenant, it's what God will do, not what you do. One of the problems is Christians who dance between covenants. They use the washing machine this week. And the board that week, the washing machine this week and the board that week. And they wonder why some weeks I'm really clean, godly, and other weeks I'm not so clean, godly, because you're shifting covenants. He said, once you have a washing machine, you do not go back to the board. You don't go back there because to go back there is to retreat to something inferior. And that's why it's a mystery, because it was not clear like this in the Old Testament. He says, under this mystery, that's awesome. He calls it great. And it has to do with being godly. That is, lifestyles consistent with the manifestation character of God, he says, has to do with a person. Please notice. He says in 1 Timothy 3, verse 16, he was revealed in the flesh, was vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among nations, believed on in the world, taken up the glory. So he speaks about Jesus Christ. He speaks about Jesus Christ. Okay, so here it is. God has only had one photograph of himself taken. He's only got one selfie. (laughs) He's only got one picture that he put in front of him, click, click, and took of himself. The selfie is Jesus Christ. He says about Jesus Christ, because this is tied to the mystery, stick with me, we're going somewhere. He says about Jesus Christ, he was revealed in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the revelation of God in human form. We call it in theology the hypostatic union. The hypostatic union means two natures in one person unmixed forever. Two natures, a human nature, a divine nature. He's son of God, he's son of man. Two natures together in one person that don't get mixed. So one minute, he's hungry because he's a man. The next minute, he can feed 25,000 people a Moby Dick sandwich because he's God. One minute, he's thirsty because he's a man. The next minute, he's walking on water. Because he's God. One minute he dies because he's a man. The next minute he gets up from the grave because he's God. Because it's two natures in one person, unmixed forever. That is the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. He was revealed in the flesh. God became a man. He took a selfie, became a man so that we could picture what God looks like in human form. That is the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. Nobody like him, was, is, or ever will be because he's God in human form. So he's revealed in the flesh. He's vindicated in the spirit. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, validated the deity of Christ. He validated it at the birth because God told Mary, you're going to get pregnant By the Holy Spirit. That is, the Holy Spirit is going to fertilize your egg and that's how we're going to get this unique person. He was vindicated by the Spirit at the temptation when the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was vindicated by the Spirit at the declaration. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He was vindicated by the Spirit at the resurrection when it says the Spirit raised him from the dead. Romans 1 4. Not only was he vindicated by the Spirit, he was seen by angels. Seen by angels at his birth. Seen by angels and ministered to at his temptation. Seen by angels in the Garden of Gethsemane. Seen by angels on the cross. Seen by angels when they rolled the stone away in his resurrection seen by angels when they stood by him in a cloud when he stepped on the cloud and went up to heaven that the angels kept company with him because of his divine origin proclaimed on in the nations it says He never wrote a song, but there are more songs written about him than any other human being has ever lived. He never wrote a book, yet his book has sold more than every other book. And there have been more books written about him than any other person who has ever lived. He is proclaimed worldwide believed on in the world and that's why on Sunday in churches all around the world they are there to give recognition to Jesus Christ because of his uniqueness taking up the glory that is having raised from the dead ascended up to heaven seated on the right hand of the father in a position of exaltation this is the mysterious one so watch this now the mystery of becoming godly is centered on the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. He is, if you will, the master key that opens up the lock to godliness, to being godly. Stay with me. In football, it is amazing that so much attention is given to a pigskin. I mean, this ball... Runs the show. It runs a multi-billion dollar show. Everything that happens on the field is tied to this ball. A first down is tied to where the ball is placed. A touchdown is tied to whether the ball breaks the plane of the goal. An incomplete pass is whether you caught or babbled the ball. I mean, over and over again, Everything, men are grown men, are fighting over this ball and are paid millions of dollars to fight over it. People by the hundreds of thousands get in the stadiums or watch TV to see what they're doing with this ball. It's all about the ball. Let's say it another way. You take the ball out of it and everything else they do is a waste of time. Running up and down the field, gathering in the stadium, paying money, eating popcorn. All of that becomes erased if this one little thing isn't there. You remove Jesus Christ out of the mystery of godliness and there is no godliness. <laughs> Stick with me now. Godliness is not tied merely to your belief in God. Godliness is tied to the mysterious one or the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. He is the centerpiece of understanding what it means to be godly and the enablement to use the washing machine and no longer the scrubbing board. Now everyone here who's a Christian who's received Jesus Christ as their sin bearer should want to become godly. The one thing God has put in you is the desire to be godly, which means that you hate the point that you are not godly. Now, if you love being ungodly, then you need to raise a whole nother question. And that is whether Christ is living in you. Because the one thing that comes with salvation is a desire to be godly, even if you are ungodly. I may have the addiction, but I hate that I have it, and I want to get rid of it, even if I fail to get rid of it thus far, because there is this desire to be godly. The mystery of godliness is tied now to the person of Jesus Christ.
1: If shaking an addiction and moving toward godliness is a step you're ready to take, Dr. Evans is here with a word about how to get started.
0: If you've been listening to the broadcast and you have yet to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, we can resolve that right now. I'm going to say a little prayer. I want you to pray it after me, but you've got to mean it for yourself. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and I know I need a savior because I can't save myself. So right now, I trust you alone because you died for me and arose for me to be my sin bearer, you are now my substitute, and I'm believing you to forgive my sin and to give me eternal life. Thank you for the free gift of salvation that you have given to me. Help me to live a life to please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the family, and we'll keep ministering to you for your spiritual growth through our broadcast. God bless you.
1: If you prayed that prayer right now, let me encourage you to visit TonyEvans.org and follow the link that says Jesus. There you can download some free follow-up resources that'll help you get your brand new life started right. And while you're on the website, don't forget to take advantage of our huge resource offer, the Living as an Overcomer book, workbook, and Bible study DVD plus all eight full-length audio messages from the Jesus Challenge series, digitally and or on CDs, as well as the bonus downloadable audio messages from Tony's In Pursuit of Godliness teaching series. This powerful and life-changing package of resources is yours with our thanks when you help us keep Tony's teaching on this station by supporting his ministry with your donation. This is a limited-time offer, so don't wait. Visit us today at TonyEvans.org to make your request or call us at one 800 and let one of our resource team members help you. That's 1-800-800-3222 or online at TonyEvans.org. And while you're there, you can also find information on joining Dr. Evans and other listeners on a revitalizing and uplifting cruise to the Mexican Riviera this coming November. We all love a good mystery, especially that moment when everything clicks into place. Well, be sure to join Dr. Evans again tomorrow as he continues to unveil the mystery of godliness. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you.